0: How do you share information with employees in a way that makes them more committed to the business? That's one of the questions we ask Ann Howard, Product and Technology Leader and Executive Vice President of Product for Omnisys, a pharmacy and population health platform, on this episode of the Fortune's Path Podcast. I'm Tom Noser. Anne talks about her time as leader of CenterSource, a software development company, and why she feels making people feel comfortable and supported leads to great results. Anne describes how shutting a business down teaches you about how to build a business up, and how leaders gain power when they distribute information and then explain their decisions. Anne also talks about how no one can be a good CEO alone, and why working in restaurants is a great preparation for startup life, on this episode of the Fortune's Path Podcast. And it is so good to see you again.
1: It's so good to see you, Tom. Great to see thank you.
0: So, thank you so much for uh, being on the program. So um, there's we we met several years ago for the first time when you were at um, Center Source <laughs> and when I met you, I, I really admired the commitment that you had to making that place work because of the people who were there. Do you remember that?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about that time?
1: Yeah, I yeah, I think I was very committed. I woke up every day and was like, I'm going to make this a great place to work for the 18 people who work here, and we're going to make this successful if at all possible. And just every day I was like I just felt really unlocked creative creatively, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um and I felt a responsibility to the people, to help them like bring all their gifts to bear to, to try to make this collective thing that we were trying to do work. And it was amazing. Like, that experience was, I, I, you know, it was so difficult, but it was so he- wonderful. Like, I look back on it now, and I've learned so much, and I look back on it so fondly now. now like, why did you? Birth.
0: <laughs> why, did you <laughs> why did you make that decision? Why did you put yourself sort of into the breach there and say, I'm going to make this happen?
1: Because I could see it. Like I could Mm -hmm. just see how we could do it. And Mm -hmm. um, I knew we had, I felt like we had everything we needed. It was just Mm -hmm. a matter of of organizing and communicating and Mm -hmm. um, luck and preparation and all of that stuff. And I could just see how how we could do it. And we all really liked working there. We all really Mm -hmm. wanted to to keep going, and we wanted to see what we could do. You know,
0: how did it turn out?
1: Well, it turned out. I think it's it turned out great. Actually, right. Right. On, on paper, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we shut the business down, so it yeah. looked like a failure. But at the end of the day, we had more money in the bank from for the owners than they than than, than mm-hmm. we started with. Mm-hmm. We had we exited each client successfully. We exited each employee successfully. We wound down the business in a way that taught us all something. I mean, it's really hard. I don't know if you've ever shut a business down. I haven't. It's very difficult and very stressful, but it teaches you things about how to build one up,
2: Mm -hmm. what -hmm. not to
1: do, and how you would -hmm. would do it differently the next time. That was very helpful. And we did it in a beautiful way. People, after they were off the payroll, still came in and Mm -hmm. worked with us. Um, we still have a Christmas party every year. Like, oh,
2: fantastic! <laughs> I love mean, that.
1: I, so I'm yeah. proud of it. I'm proud of it, yeah. and I, 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 still think it was wonderful. And I, I, th- I think we all have fond memories of that time.
0: So, what did you take away from that experience that uh, informs you now?
1: Oh my gosh, so much. Um, I think it really shook my um, perceptions of. Well, leadership is which is kind of what Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about today. I think that we all sort of internalize this idea of leader as um, all knowing and a centralized, you know, nexus of knowledge. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we live in the internet age and knowledge is distributed, right? And so decision making is centralized, but information is distributed. And so I think Mm -hmm. the way that, we ran that company was everybody knew how the money flowed in and out. Everybody Mm -hmm. knew what needed to Mm -hmm. happen to make us successful. And because Mm -hmm. of that, every micro decision that people made got us toward the goal. And so Mm -hmm. I started to believe in the power of distributing that sort of information and then taking in the information as the leader, as the, as the managing partner, like essentially effectively acting as a CEO. I had a, a finance We had a group of us that that led it, but I was essentially like the CEO role. Um, All the information, taking the information in and making the decisions pretty publicly. People understood why I was doing what I was doing. And, um, And it all made sense because they understood deeply how the business worked.
0: Now, did you share salary information with people?
1: That is the one thing we didn't share.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you regret that? Do you think, it, or was that a good decision?
1: I think it was a good decision at the time because it wasn't done when you inherit another system. Mm-hmm. The salaries are not; they're all made. Usually, those decisions are not made with any kind of rubric or any kind of rigor.
2: <laughs> yes. So
1: when you inherit mm-hmm. that,
2: mm-hmm. making
1: that public is going to mm-hmm. do more damage. So you have to almost start over and redo the whole mm-hmm.
2: thing. Um, mm-hmm. if you're
1: gonna make it public, I do think people want to that salaries want salaries to be public.
2: Mm-hmm. I do think
1: that's important to employees, and I think you can do it in a way that isn't damaging, but in that in that situation, it was the right decision.
0: yeah, um, it's interesting about um when the the sc- sort of scales fall from your eyes and you realize that why people are paid what they're paid doesn't necessarily reflect any um mm-hmm. justice. Right. Or as you say, any kind of rigorous process, it's more, well, you're paid what you asked for and what you're able to demand. Yep. And some of that depends upon the mood in the market when you're hired um, and understanding that your greatest point of leverage is when they've fallen in love with you, but you haven't gotten married yet. Um, and so you they're um, they need to bring the dowry. <laughs> so
1: yeah show and me the money. The other piece mm-hmm. is that certain roles demand certain salaries and that has nothing to mm-hmm. do with fairness either. Like is yeah. it fair that a childcare worker makes less than a Starbucks employee? Mm-hmm. That is not fair, but that is true. Mm-hmm. And that, so it's just mm-hmm. there is a certain cost to someone used an analogy one time with me that was like, mm-hmm. if you can drive this car, You get paid Mm -hmm. more than if you can drive a different, you know, like, depending on what skills you have. And so there's part Mm -hmm. of that, too, that's just, I don't know, you know, it's not logical and it's not fair, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Well, you're in a position now where you um, could start a new business if you wanted to. Um, And so you get a chance to decide what fair is in Mm -hmm. that situation. Would you consider things like profit sharing? Would you consider things like... That's kind of level of transparency of saying, look, whether you're, you know, we're all going to benefit from the success of the company. And if you did, how would you go about that?
1: I would absolutely consider that. And I do mm-hmm. believe, I do still believe in a level of transparency. I think it can happen, you know, it would have to, you know, there's circumstances where it, that can support it. And I think mm-hmm. something that you would start mm-hmm. is, is one of those, um, how I would go about that is I, because of my history, mm-hmm. I tend to manage to a financial model. That's mm-hmm. how I do it. I kind of mm-hmm. play it out in theory to say, all right, well, what if we sold this many and our cost of goods was this and we had mm-hmm. this many roles and we paid them this and, mm-hmm. and then we get this much money. Does that seem attractive? Okay, let's, mm-hmm. mani- let's make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then of course, as you go, you,
2: <laughs> you realize, mm-hmm. oh,
1: the cost of whatever that went mm-hmm. up. Um, Mm -hmm. but so I tend to manage to a financial model. So what I, Mm -hmm. and that is how we did it at center source. And that's how everyone, Mm -hmm. that's how we got on the same page. So when Mm -hmm. you, when you do that, you can say, all right, if we make these decisions, if we can actualize this, this is the amount of money at the end. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to distribute it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's how I would do it. It's just like Mm -hmm. model it out and then manage against that, I guess.
0: Yeah. It makes total sense. So it's. um, I had a uh, When I was starting Fortune's Path, um, I had the good fortune of having a conversation with a guy who had a very successful consulting business at, at, around the time of his retirement. So he was being very, very generous, and he explained to me how he built this consulting business. He kept 100% of the value of the company, so he owned the company 100%, but he had profit-sharing units.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, people could earn a certain number of units, which entitled them to profit as if they were an owner. But they weren't. He still maintained all the ownership because he knew he eventually he wanted to sell and he wanted to get the benefit of that sale. Um, so what you're describing to me fits in a model like that. Of uh, so, your contribution to revenue uh, is what determines the amount of profit sharing that you are entitled to. Yeah. Uh, and it can also you could do it also of uh, your contribution to saving, to creating efficiency. Also entitles you to so if you bring in revenue, let's say you you get some bonus based upon so you have a thirty percent profit margin so your bonus is available in that thirty percent. Um, whereas if you find a way to save money, that is a hundred percent contribution to profit,
2: mm-hmm. and so
0: your bonus then it is eligible somewhere you know, some portion of that one hundred percent. So anyway, that's do a cool way to think idea, it.
1: though, to maintain ownership at, like, earn-out units. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, real, it was a really interesting idea. So we've gotten a little um, – you mentioned I really want to talk to you about leadership, your ideas of leadership, if you think of yourself as a leader. So uh, step four of the 12 steps of product management is decide what kind of a leader you want to be. Have you ever consciously decided that you're a leader?
1: I know it's interesting that you started out with talking about this center source time period, because mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. I first probably thought of myself that way. I didn't mm-hmm. before that, you know, mm-hmm. and I probably always I look at my daughter and you know how some kind mm-hmm. of like you raise yourself sometimes. And <laughs> I, my, I know <laughs> my older daughter is mm. a lot like me and she is a natural leader. You know, she's mm-hmm. naturally like, mm-hmm. "Okay, guys, we're going to put on a play. Here's what we're doing. You guys, are gonna, you know, that's right,
2: right." Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and so I see this, and I'm like, "Ooh, I probably was like that, but it probably got mm-hmm. sort of um taken out of me by the world, you know, and a little yeah. bit of like, you can't right, do right. that, or you're being bossy, or whatever it is." Mm-hmm. And so I sort of didn't think of myself that way, and I was totally comfortable being an individual contributor because I was doing sales at CenterSource, mm-hmm. and um, that. These models that I'm talking about, the things that kind Mm -hmm. of rocked my world at that time, made me think that I could be a leader because I didn't have to do it in that same way. I didn't have to know Mm -hmm. everything and be better, be the best at everybody. Because like I was definitely leading people that I had no business doing what they do, like software Mm -hmm. engineers, and
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know I could, I wasn't of them, but Mm -hmm. I understood them enough and I listened to them, and they Mm -hmm. respected me enough. That we worked it out. And I think I think I became a good leader for software developers and mm-hmm. millennials and people who are really, really good at what they do and want to be experts.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: mm-hmm. those people need leaders. They don't need their leaders to be better than them at what they do. They need their leaders to listen to them and take into their information into account and make fair, transparent decisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was like, I could totally do that. <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. And I
1: trust myself to do that. Like, I yeah. trust myself to um, make decisions that are not, that are for the greater good, that are not for my own ego. I have a very easy time taking my own ego out of it, my decision making, <laughs> usually. You know, it mm-hmm. slips in occasionally, but I always regret it. So I'm pretty good at, um, you know, keeping my own ego out of it and just, making decisions that are solid for the organization and for the people in it.
0: Do you have um, a process or tips about how to pull your ego out of a decision? Or do you have kind of a a way to recognize when your ego is getting too much in your decision?
1: You know, I haven't let that slip in a long time. And I did it recently. And it was so painful. I mean, pain Mm -hmm. is such a good teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I got so upset recently and i haven't mm-hmm. gotten you know i just got so upset because i was like i did that and, you know like
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then, you know,
1: take that mm-hmm. away from me because i built this thing mm-hmm. and did it, you know mm-hmm. like and it was just so stupid and i i hated it immediately mm-hmm. um but i but I, and i and i i thought a lot about that because i was like whoops, how could i have been more aware of myself doing that because i
0: yeah
1: I, I like i said i'm really good at not doing it
0: right do you have any idea what the trigger was
1: I started to feel like I was. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it was. I think I started to feel like I was. Things were getting so far out of control that I couldn't. I didn't have a handle on it anymore. You know. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, mm-hmm. for those of us that worked during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I mean, my pandemic experience was I had to reduce my team by fifty. And then we scaled 400%. So there yeah. was just more work than, than the humans that were <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. there could, they were could there do. To do
1: and it just, we, j- and, but the demands didn't change, right? Cause this is man yeah. versus nature that the market was changing <laughs> and people right. needed us and we had to do stuff. And yeah. so we just became just work machines and the work kept piling up. And I just started to feel like that's when it started to feel like it was getting out of hand, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: When? Well, it's when when you get a, a situation where it's like I can't win, you know. There's there's no way that this is going to work out. Yep. And um, sometimes you can kind of grind your way through that, and eventually it's like, oh, Well, it did work out, and other times not. Uh, it's and it's impossible to know when you're in it. Not mm-hmm. impossible. It's hard to know when you're in it. Um. So you you mentioned uh, that one of the the traits of leadership is. That ability to work in ambiguity, like I don't know what's going to happen. I have a belief that this is the right thing to do, and maybe I've, this belief comes from analysis and data. Maybe it's just an intuition, um, but um, I, I believe I know the right thing to do. How do, you, how do you, first of all, how do you get comfortable with not knowing? And then when you do make that decision, how do you make other people around you confident in it?
1: Yeah. I think, gosh, how do you get comfortable with not knowing is Mm -hmm. that's a life question, right? Yeah, that's That's right. (laughs) That's a, how do you live in the world? Because really, no one, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, if we're Mm -hmm. honest, and that's a scary thing. Like, nobody really Mm -hmm. wants to say, like, we don't really know what's going to happen. But it's true, right? So Mm -hmm. if you look at it in the face and just go, okay. Leaders are are charged with predicting the future, which is unknowable. Mm-hmm. So right. if mm-hmm. you're so you have to get comfortable with that, I think, in order to say, okay, well, there are there's information you can gather, right? to your point, mm-hmm. data mm-hmm. analysis, there's mm-hmm. um, people's feelings. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I kinda, sure.
1: I kind of believe mm-hmm. in people's feelings as a data point, you know, I'm sure. not gonna I'm not gonna make huge decisions. And then mm-hmm. I think one concept, Again, I don't know why my headspace is in the center source thing, but one thing, Mm -hmm. concept I learned Mm -hmm. there is: is this safe enough to try? You can scope your decisions to get you a little bit further or a little Mm -hmm. bit more information. You don't Mm -hmm. have to say what we're going to do for the next five years. In fact, Mm -hmm. you'd be a fool to do that, right? So, like,
0: yep, that's why I hate roadmaps.
1: Yeah, so like, you Mm -hmm. can say, "Is this safe enough to try? Do we think this is going to do us harm or set us backwards?" Anybody who's Mm -hmm. worked with me will know that. Those, mm-hmm. are my, those are some of my catchphrases, but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like that it's really helpful because mm-hmm. if something, if a decision is going to do you so much damage that it's irreversible,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then probably don't want to, probably want to scope that decision lo- a little smaller it's right. or whatever. So that's how I get comfortable is, um, it, and you know, I, I was, I had a really good friend in my twenties that was a man in his eighties and he was wonderful. And one of the things he said is like, and there's very few decisions in life that are not reversible. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You could, there's very few. You can get yourself in mm-hmm. jail. You could get yourself killed. You know, there's like a few things.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. But
1: most everything else, you can go. Ooh, let's let's turn that around.
0: Yeah, it may not be easy, but it is it uh, reversible. And I think um, knowing that, um, I, I love your idea of scaling it down. Of what's something that we can experiment with, where um, no great harm will be caused. So you know, the, the, we're going to make vegetable soup. Kids have never had vegetable soup. Well, don't buy the Costco bag of vegetables. You know, <laughs> buy the little buy the little one. Test it out see if they like vegetable soup or not. Um,
1: totally, and, and it, I think yeah, I think too. It's like what what like this is a product thing too, but like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tackle the biggest risk. What is the Mm -hmm. biggest risk? Is it that customers won't buy it? Is that we Mm -hmm. won't be, the technology won't be able to, we won't be able to build it. Is it a legal Mm -hmm. problem? Like what Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing that could happen and then Mm -hmm. do something that will get you more information about that thing?
0: Oh, I like that a lot. So that, that is sort of, um, the financial model that you're talking about of trying to understand risks and get smarter about that, so you can de-risk the decision.
1: Yeah, because there's different like types of risk.
0: Right. So I want to go back to the the, the center stores. Uh, so you said in that situation you hadn't previously thought of yourself as a leader, but it became apparent that that was what you needed to do.
2: Yeah.
0: So um, if you what, how do you think of yourself as a leader? Like, what is it that that lots of people become leaders for a lot of different reasons? What makes you one?
1: I don't know. I think my I think I'm a little bit of an unorthodox. I, I think that my way of doing it is mm-hmm. a little unorthodox, and mm-hmm. it scares some people. Like, mm-hmm. I find a lot of um, people who have come up in corporate mm-hmm. environments are like just think that what I'm talking about is crazy hippie stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Can you yes. give me an
0: example of your crazy hippie stuff?
1: Um, well, I I believe, like, well, we talked about this a little bit, but, like, fundamentally, mm. I believe that I don't think people are lazy. I don't think yeah. people need to be micromanaged. I don't think people need, I think there are systems of accountability that can be set up that don't necessarily have to require babysitting. Right. Like, I think there's a difference between leadership and, and management.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think leadership is inspiring people and mm-hmm. lining, you know, providing enough clarity so that people know where we're going and how they fit into it, and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then being accountable for, for decisions. And, and the, the, the systems that I build, the teams that I build, people are accountable for, to each other. You know? Because really, work problems are always, almost always about accountability. It's almost always mm-hmm. like, you are not doing this thing that I need you to do in order to mm-hmm. do my job, or mm-hmm. you are doing a thing that I think is my job.
2: Mm-hmm. Or you, mm-hmm. you know, so like, right? It,
1: so really, just setting up these webs of accountability where if I can count on you to do this thing that makes me look good,
2: mm-hmm. I will
1: then be there for you. And mm-hmm. and if our accountabilities line up and are are complementary to each other, mm-hmm. then it works, you know. And so it's setting up the teams to where all the work is accounted for, all the work is distributed to the people who have the superpowers to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm.
1: all that the, the reverse accountabilities are all right,
0: mm-hmm. that's um, I, I really like your that description of the organization that you're talking about. I completely agree with you that people don't want to be micromanaged, and particularly people younger than me don't want to be micromanaged. They want to be given um, they want to feel that like they can succeed within certain kind of defined boundaries, but then be free to achieve that success. And safe within those boundaries. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, also, um, people want to live their life. They don't want to feel like they're a work machine for somebody else's dream, as you said earlier, just yeah. to steal your line. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> That's so, not a good feeling.
0: Uh, no, it's a terrible It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. So I want to um, kind of challenge you a little bit. Yeah. Which is, um, what do you think of leaders who... Um, like acclaim who who want the money, they want the title, they want the power, they want the acclaim. What is that what do you think of that?
1: Well, I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think anybody's motivations are are what they are, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think people mm-hmm. need money. People need money mm-hmm. so they don't have to go like mm-hmm. look for food and shelter. It's a survival thing, you know? Right, right. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna begrudge anyone for, for wanting that or needing that or setting that as a goal. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that, like we talked about earlier, if you can drive mm-hmm. the car of, of if you can drive the CEO car, then you get, you're mm-hmm. entitled to that compensation. And mm-hmm. so if you, but but it requires that you are a good CEO, you know that mm-hmm. you do the mm-hmm. that you perform the accountabilities of that role, so that other people can depend who depend on you are getting what they need to do to make mm-hmm. you successful.
0: Yeah, you still are
1: independent. You you're not a lone yeah, wolf. You know what I mean?
0: Right, right. Hmm. I, I think that. Um, it is so my, my own point of view on um, a lot of my life. I've been an egomaniac with a low self image. And so I've, I've thought I was, you know, pretty, pretty interesting and wonderful and also like the worst guy in the room. Um, and it's a struggle because it doesn't, it doesn't help me. That's sort of like, it's not humility, it's more like egomania, but directed towards, oh, it's amazing how bad I am. Um, and, that, that to me, is really – it is something that motivates people to become leaders. It is something that motivates people to sort of drive others. Mm. And uh, it's not a good thing. Um, and I think that um, there – so we talked a little bit about how um, the Fortune's Path book is uh, going to be out in November. And one of the – it's a lot of the ideas in there are stolen from Aristotle because it's better to have good taste than to be original. And um, so one of Aristotle's ideas is that um, magnanimity is uh, our ultimate achievement as people, which is, can you become almost godlike in your generosity and in your the effect you have on those around you? So it's, we kind of think about titans of industry becoming philanthropists, can you do that in a way like you build up this $40 billion fortune and then you die broke? I mean, that would be an amazing accomplishment to be able to build that up in a non-destructive way and then give all of that away. Um, And I think that they're leaders, you know, you can be a river onto your people. You know, leadership can do that.
1: Totally. I totally agree with everything you said. I feel like... Mm -hmm. I do have observed in my own experience that there are people mm-hmm. who are drawn to leadership for absolutely the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm, for, and therefore mm-hmm. they are not doing what you're talking about. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they're not, that's right, that's right. <laughs> they're not putting into mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. on their teams. And, um, and yeah, that's interesting. I think like, I, I, I think, I I think you, you can't be a good CEO alone. You know, I don't know if you ever worked in restaurants. I worked in restaurants when I was in college and
0: I I worked in a kitchen, not no, so not quite a restaurant, but
1: but yeah, but you, you Mm -hmm. can't do that by yourself. You cannot Mm -hmm. run a restaurant by yourself. And I Mm -hmm. always think about Mm -hmm. that. And I think as you know, any kind of organization Mm -hmm. with any kind of scale, you have to have Mm -hmm. other people and you have to have other Mm -hmm. people that,
2: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: know what they're doing and, can then know what they're doing in relation to other people, and so mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know any CEO that takes hundred percent credit for anything mm-hmm. they've done any person who yeah. takes hundred percent credit it's like it's mm-hmm. not it's not realistic it's not self aware and that's one of the things I don't know if I don't know if do you do you do you, um do you like Ray Dalio he, uh,
0: I know some of his stuff yeah my my dad actually bought principles and gave it to all my kids to say read this book.
1: So I kinda so, I kinda love him. Mm-hmm, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can work there, but
0: That's right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got some him. really he's got some interesting ideas.
1: But I mean one of the things he talks about is hyper realism. Being mm-hmm. a hyper real just like looking something in the face and like look really looking at it. You know? Yeah, and yeah. like what you just said was really brave and self aware and like
2: mm-hmm. hyper real. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm.
1: a lot of leaders need that. You cannot be successful as a leader if you have your head in the sand, you know, yeah. and you're not looking mm-hmm. at the real things, you have to be strong enough to look at that stuff and you have mm-hmm. to be strong enough to have difficult conversations and you can be a river unto your people and say things that are not,
0: not fun. Nice. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. They're, exact. they're
1: not. So I, I talk about kindness versus niceness. Niceness will yes. let you go off a cliff and not, and <laughs> you know, to not say anything, yep. but kindness, I mean, they're, they're, you know, you can't be afraid to have those conversations with, your clients, with your, with your employees, with your superiors to say like, listen, yeah. I don't want to see you, and it's, it's, it's mostly because I don't want to see you suffer.
0: <laughs> right. I, I think that um, that your idea of kindness versus niceness is really important. Um, it's a little bit like, you know, raising kids. So if I give my, if every time my child asks for something, I always give them exactly what they ask for. I'm doing them a disservice. And sometimes with customers, it can be the same thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, where they they don't really know what the answer is. They, they can be good at describing the problem, but they don't know what the answer is. Yeah. So you you say you you've worked with some CEOs who weren't weren't so awesome. How about a great one? Who's the best leader you've ever okay. worked? Okay.
1: So you you just had a great mm-hmm. segue to this, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is my one of my, my boss when I worked at the state of North Carolina. Her name was Leslie Langer. She was mm-hmm. the best boss I've ever had, and mm-hmm. the reason she was was because I remember going to her and being like, I screwed this up. Like I have made a a mess. Mm -hmm. I've made a mistake. Mm
2: -hmm. This
1: is the situation. And I remember her just being like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Like she trusted me to solve my own problems. She she was the first boss that didn't swoop in and take it away from me. And like, and so I've taken that into my own parenting. Like when you Mm -hmm. talk about Mm -hmm. your kids, like, when my kids have a, how does it feel if you're a kid and you're trying to do something, you're trying to learn how to do something and somebody's just mm-hmm. like oh, just like takes it away from you and, and does it for you. It makes you conclude that you can't do it,
2: right? right?
1: right. Leslie was the first person that made me feel like, okay, I mean, mm-hmm. she thinks I can do, she thinks I can solve this problem and so I'm gonna try. And
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: I leveled up so much with her leadership because she was just like, and she would point out to me the things that I was doing well which I wasn't mm. seeing because I was doing, you know, I t- I say this was another one. I'm saying all my catchphrases to you,
2: Tom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but one of my catchphrases is you can't see your own jump shot. Someone else sees you yeah. making a jump shot and they can tell yeah. you, oh, you could improve this way or that way. You you don't mm. know. You're just trying to get the ball in the basket, you know?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so
1: a lot of times that's why I love peer feedback because yeah. it's, you can see what someone else is doing. That's amazing, and often mm-hmm. it feels easy to them because mm-hmm. th- it's you know it's something they're great at. So, I,
0: yeah, I, I definitely think we tend to undervalue the things we're good at. Well, that's a common problem I see. Like I see, see this in my kids, and it's definitely been a pattern in my life. Is things that came easily to me, I didn't think were valuable. Um, so I, I've always uh, been able to write. And I sort of took it for granted that I could do that. Um, and it didn't occur to me that there are a lot of people who can't. Mm-hmm. And that, um, so I should be spending a fair amount of my time writing because it is something that is one of my superpowers. And if I neglect that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't help anybody. Right. Um, and you're kind of
1: off putting your energy into something you're good at already yeah. rather than trying yeah. to become mediocre at something that you.
0: Right, yeah. They don't. But they don't, your basketball analogy, they don't make everybody on the team play the same position. You know, you try to um, play to that, that team's strengths. I, the way. So, I also want to um, push you a little bit on, on leadership because I'll, I'll say how I've observed you is you don't think about yourself that much, um, and that when you're you're sort of in a situation of. Um, you your like, trying to understand your team, create the accountabilities around the team. And then you'll have, like you say, you have that goal. I have this financial model I'm working towards. But you aren't necessarily then balancing that with what's in this for Ann.
2: Yeah, that's
0: um, <laughs> do you, um Why do you think you do that?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm like, I think... I think I am hyper-focused on the outcome. I'm trying to make mm-hmm. something happen. Mm-hmm. And I am just, I'm happy just to be a part of it. I'm happy just to be like what's driving it forward and making sure the river's going in the direction. I don't really mm-hmm. think about, um, I just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should, like I was telling you earlier, I think a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of product people don't, people, I'll say people, don't manage their own careers very well, yeah. including me. Like I haven't managed my own career. I've done whatever seemed interesting to me at the time and was and, right. and seemed cool and seemed like oh I want to learn how mm-hmm. to do that. Like I did that mm-hmm. thing and now I have mm-hmm. like this really random broad set of experiences, mm-hmm. and I'm like what do I what do I want? Like what are mm-hmm. my why is my want not in this equation? And I've just mm-hmm. started to kind of wrestle with that because you know I'm in transition, so I'm, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to figure out like all right what do, what do I think I've always made decisions with practical net good.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is
1: the best good I could do for my family with this decision? And I don't put myself in there. I don't think myself should be like the top part, but it should be in there. You know, it should be in there more than it is.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, it's, it is hard to bring something new into the world. And even if you're doing that entirely for other people, there's, you know, it's easy to resent those people. So, Baby cries in the middle of the night, and you got to go pick the baby up. You don't always pick the baby up with like, oh, you're such a sweetie. I love you so much. I mean, babies are incredibly charming to me. And so, you know, typically, but, you know, your first sense is the baby's crying. It's like, God. Yeah, you're like, come on. (laughs) Right, so it's like, all right, well, maybe I need some other motivation. You know, it's like, okay, well, if I get the baby to sleep, I get to sleep. And so, if I go in there and I'm like, my job here is to get my get myself back to sleep, and the baby's in the way of that, so I gotta put the baby back to sleep, and that's that's like self interest, rightly understood. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot in um, mm. if you never have that point of view, you don't have you're not bringing all your power to bear in your leadership if you don't ever put yourself in the equation. Yeah, you know, I agree. And, yeah, so obviously you go in there and, and you know, you spoil the baby. Hey, this is terrible. The baby's crying. Well, you know, maybe they're just, they need to learn how to cry it out or whatever, you know. Um, so there's, um, anyway, I, I would think that you you have an opportunity to bring something new into the world. So are you, you're running a services business now, you're consulting. Mm-hmm. Do you like services businesses or do you see yourself long-term as a product person?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I my experiences in services businesses, right? Like, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: I mean, um, I did consulting, custom Mm -hmm. software shop, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Right, Um, right. Mm -hmm. And so my last stint was in product. And and I think I'm going to, I think what I've learned is that I'm not, well, I don't specialize in direct to consumer. It's neither here nor there. I don't Perfect. specialize in it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't lead mm-hmm. a product team that spe- mm-hmm. specializes in direct to consumer because I've never done that thing, and they don't want Perfect. my first souffle to be like on their dime,
2: mm-hmm. right? Like so. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: And I don't right. necessarily want that. Like, to your point, it was right, right. Par- partially mm-hmm. like, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's the path for me. I like customers. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. really love customers. And so mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. kind of think that I'm more of a B2B or services mm-hmm. product mm-hmm. person. I think I could do product mm-hmm. for B2B. Um mm-hmm. And I don't like services businesses because, for all the reasons, that I mean, they're linear, they're they're a hamster mm-hmm. wheel. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But,
1: um, but that mm-hmm. being said, they're great for transitions, and that's how yeah. I've done every transition. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like I was telling you earlier, I want my daughters to be able to do that, too. It's such a great mm-hmm. thing to be able to say, like, yeah, I can just leave this job, and I don't have to mm-hmm. have another job, because I can go find, mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. make a job for me
0: yeah.
1: for a minute while I right. figure this out.
0: Yeah, and there's there are um, there are bad jobs that people can pick up. Like I can drive for Uber. It ex- I mean, such a thing exists, and so yes, it is possible to get to go out and do you know, be your own boss um, in somebody else's dream. But um, so, in some ways, we are more free to do that now than we have ever been. So,
2: mm-hmm. and I in like August, that.
0: Well, I know in August of this year, four million people quit their job.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So you know, <laughs> biggest number in many many years. And uh, we don't yet know the impact the pandemic has had on us. We're all still traumatized.
1: Yeah, I do think it's changed what people want out of their jobs. Mm -hmm. I had a really Mm -hmm. interesting conversation with like some people that I really respect and that are people-centered leaders. They're Mm -hmm. not; these Mm -hmm. aren't the kind of like just Mm -hmm. put them, you know, make them stretch Mm -hmm. pinheads or whatever you know all day. (laughs) Um, These are people-centered people, and they Mm -hmm. were like. You know, I was I was shocked at what. I think we have to figure out what the conclusion we can draw from the all the unemployment checks that went out and what happened. Mm-hmm. Was it that, or was it that mm-hmm. we just created some horrible jobs? I mean, yeah. when you listen to people talk about working in restaurants, mm-hmm. standing on your feet for twelve hours. Never, Mm -hmm. you know, never getting an evening to yourself like Mm -hmm. those people don't want to live like that anymore. And if they have an Mm -hmm. option, the rational person will choose something Mm -hmm. else. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: how are we going to create jobs that don't suck the soul and the joy out of people's lives? Mm -hmm. I think it's possible. Like, I really do.
0: Mm -hmm. I I definitely think it's possible, too. Um, So it's when a CEO or someone, say, sells a business, comes into a big pile of cash. And then they go on sabbatical. Everybody says, "Oh, it's wonderful!" They're sailing around the world. Or, you know, they're going to go home and take a painting or whatever. And I say, if I earn two thousand dollars as a single person and I take a month off to go camping, people think I'm lazy or I'm like a pothead. I don't see a qualitative, uh, certainly any moral difference. The only difference I see is the numbers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's,
0: in ex- my opinion, it's the exact same behavior. Um, and yet, one I of us.
2: They need sabbaticals. That's right.
0: You
1: know, we need to normalize that. Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So, um, I want to get into your raising daughters. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you've been a woman your whole life. Um, And what do you see as a difference? So, you you talked a little bit earlier in the conversation about some things have been sort of pushed out of you. Some, like you said, you know. you mentioned your daughter like, hey, we're going to have a play. to get together. And you said you, th- you thought you were like that, but maybe that was pushed out of you. Do you feel that um, as a woman in work, you are treated differently?
1: I mean, I know I am. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. um, it's just, and, and I hope that's changing. And I don't think yeah. that's, that's a foregone conclusion. I hope it will be mm-hmm. different. And I see a mm-hmm. lot of change in that. Mm-hmm. Now, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because there's more women and and we have more options available to us. Like, could I have been a senior level executive in in the fifties in my mm-hmm. grandmother's time? No, mm-hmm. they would never let that happen. Even though I'd probably, I'm the same. I would if I had the same tools and everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you know it's hard to. I don't, I'm not going to complain about it because it's just been Mm -hmm. the way it is. And I'm, like I said, I'm so focused on outcomes that I don't really Mm -hmm. dwell on that sort of thing. Mm
2: -hmm. But,
1: um, I think that I look at my trajectory and Mm -hmm. I, I I worked for a very low salary for a lot of that time. I've had, you know, then I had children. I had Mm -hmm. six weeks off with both of my kids, which is not enough.
2: (laughs) No, And, Mm -hmm. um,
1: had to pay more, you know. Mm-hmm. Lost money from that, mm-hmm. you know. You know, like I look at my acu- my ability to accumulate wealth just over as a mm-hmm. career, and mm-hmm. I, I think it would be really interesting to do a study of that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just women's ability to um t- to accumulate wealth mm-hmm. over a career. Mm-hmm. There's little micro decisions that I bet I bet it would be like half of what a mm-hmm. dude who's had a similar path or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so, and I think if people don't listen to me
2: when mm-hmm. they should, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I'm not
1: saying that because I'm like, whatever, mm-hmm. so brilliant, but I think it's just people look at the package and go, you know, if it were coming from a guy in a blue blazer,
2: mm-hmm. and, o-
1: and so that's often what you have to do is like, I've, and I do that, like, I,
2: mm-hmm. I, I will mm-hmm.
1: say, I need you to say this.
0: I think I'll go right. to the an
1: engineer and be like, okay, I need mm-hmm. you to say basically that I mean, right in a meeting, because that's how it's going to get heard,
0: right? If you say it, they'll hear it. If I say it, they won't.
1: Yeah. And so that's just what I deal with. And also, you have to get really good at convincing other people that it's their idea. Yes. So, so what, what I've had to do the coping mechanism that I've developed, whether it's good or bad, I don't know if it's right or not. But like, right, the coping right. mechanism I have is that I would rather make it happen then get credit or be right. I don't care about mm-hmm. being right at all.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. trying to
1: make it happen. So mm-hmm. how do I have to make it happen? You know? <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Well, um, if you're the owner, that is 100% the right way to approach it, in my opinion. Because you're going to get credit regardless. You're the owner. So you may want to think about a position where you're the owner.
2: Tom, um, you're
0: trying to talk me into that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're if you understand it's like that then you never have to worry about that procedure you're talking right. about not yeah. working.
1: Yeah. And I think that's and we do see women like really mm-hmm. having successful entrepreneurial ventures. We see women having mm-hmm. success as CEOs. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think women are good at that.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? So well, you,
1: I don't it, know. That's a generalization.
0: Sure. If you started a business, would you consider having a women's only business?
1: I wouldn't. Because I Mm -hmm. just don't think you need to, I think it's kind of unnecessary, but I would Mm -hmm. like, and I think I have done this. One of the things I'm really proud of is I feel like I have hired neurodiverse and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. teams. Mm
2: -hmm. My
1: team was half non-white, half Mm -hmm. female. And for a tech Mm -hmm. team, that's good. Pretty
0: good. It's -hmm. not
1: enough. You know, I'm not saying that I should be patted on the back or anything, but I think putting people who are, you know, qualified regardless of gender, race,
0: mm-hmm. whatever,
1: um, mm-hmm. is what is, and, and I think as people who, if you are in a position to hire, it's your obligation, I think. That's how I think about it, but that's, that's just me. So I would, I would hire um, diverse, but I don't think I would do like all female or, or make mm-hmm. rules like that. Because I think, like you said, every person has virtues and vices and yeah, regardless I
0: mean, of... Yeah, so it's like um, at this: when it's your thing, you have the right to make those decisions. Yeah, um, and as you make those decisions, there's sort of like the population of people who are uh, going to be attracted to you gets smaller, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably a good thing. You know, depending yeah. upon how uh, what sort of a business you want or how big a business you want, etc., is that it starts to define itself that way. Um, so you you haven't. You're still, I think it sounds to me like sort of you, you're comfortable with the idea of thinking yourself as a leader. You recognize that you're happier when you are leading something, but it sounds like you haven't quite decided what kind of leader you want to be.
1: What do you mean? Like, do you have you do you have like categories of yeah, yeah. kinds of leaders? Okay,
0: sure. So, um, like an individual contributor can be a leader.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just means I only want to manage myself. Um, and uh, so f- I don't, Fortune's Path is never going to be a 100-person organization. Uh, it may never be a 50-person or a 30-person organization. I uh, tend to think of myself more as an individual contributor, um, and, but I really love um, mentoring. I love parenting and teaching and growing, but I'm not, I don't have aspirations to have a, be responsible for a very large team. Uh, so another layer is like, well, maybe I'm more of like a, uh, are you a team person? So it's like I'm happy leading a team inside the context of a larger organization. So that's kind of the limit of, of, of what I'm comfortable with is I want to have my group, but I don't want it to be part of uh, a much larger group. And then there is like, no, I really want I want to run a division. I want to have multiple teams reporting to me. And I want to be responsible for that group, but not necessarily for the entire organization. And then there's no, I want the organization position. I want to run the whole thing. And I want it to be, you know, make a big dent in the universe. So those are all different um, types of leaders. And then there's the sort of the virtues, like you, your leadership, I'll say the type of leader you are, um, is you want the people around you to succeed, You say, I am goal-oriented, I'm not credit-oriented, I'm goal-oriented, and I want to, to achieve that goal by helping other people do their best work. That's a kind of leader. Another kind of leader is like, I, you know, mold people into what I know will work. So I can sort of take raw material and I can mold that into a role. That's sort of like a military point of view, which isn't. This has changed a ton. I mean, I was like, I'm reading about the Civil War. That's kind of how they did it back then. Um, but there, there's this idea that I will take raw material and turn it into a role. I have someone meet a role. Which isn't a wrong type of leadership, but it's just different. So that's what I mean by yeah. the type of leader you want to be.
1: Well, I think, too, in like product teams, you mm-hmm. can't really take anybody and make them uh, the roles you need on a product team. You know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. have to be... A practiced designer or a practiced engineer or a practiced data mm-hmm. analyst or whatever. like people mm-hmm. come to product teams with skills, I think. So I don't know that that military thing that's never really mm-hmm. resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe just because of more practical like the types of mm-hmm. teams that mm-hmm. that we that we participate with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: i I definitely think eventually. In my career, the end point of my career, I want to run the whole thing. Like, I do Mm -hmm. think I would, and I do, Mm -hmm. I want to do that because I trust myself to do that. Mm -hmm. Not because I need it for any kind of, like, glory or anything. Mm -hmm. But I just think it would be, I think that that's a role that I could do. And so, but you don't just become that, you know? So, Mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for that. So, I don't know what that Mm -hmm. looks like. And that probably my next move for my next, like, three to five years will be, how do I... Train for that? You know, what else do I need
0: hmm. to,
1: to, to be good at, you know, organization-wide?
0: I, in my opinion, you've already trained for it. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you say, you want to run the whole thing. I want you to run the whole thing, too. And uh, if I talk to uh, people who work for you, I imagine many of them would say, oh, we w- we would we really want to end around the whole thing. Um, so you... I think what maybe is like, you're just not sure what that whole thing is. Right. Um, and so you've done services and uh, another, right now it's like, hey, time to look around the world. It's, what does the world yeah. need more of?
1: Actually, yeah, I haven't, I'm actually working on a business model.
0: Awesome. That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want to, I don't know, I'm going to work on it, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's,
1: that's how you do it. And I guess mm-hmm. I feel like, I, guess I feel like I'm light on idea. You know, I don't know. I'm not there's a certain thing that I'm not like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is kind of self-awareness mm-hmm. of the things. And mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not like, um, and I, am going to have a hard time articulating it, but I'm not mm-hmm. like the, some, the bro that's going to like look at all the apps and like figure mm-hmm. out all da-da. you know, like that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in like value creation at that origination level. Like I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that point. Of where Mm -hmm. that's why customer discovery is so interesting to me, and like Mm -hmm. by by how I like what I like about service businesses is that you can go talk to the customers and you can really understand that point of value creation.
2: Mm -hmm. It seems Mm -hmm.
1: more attainable to get that than than to Mm -hmm. like to try to do a mass consumer play, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But I could be wrong about that.
0: Well, one of the reasons I love software is um, you can. Talk to someone about what they need and you can go make that. Um, and yeah. now you have to interpret what they, th- you can't typically do what right. they tell you literally. Right. You have to interpret that within the context of what makes good software, but sort of back to it's better to have good taste than to be original. There's an awful lot of software in the world. And so there's a lot of jumping off points of what is somebody's organizing analogy that um could be effective for this particular right. um application so is this a database is it a to-do list is it more like a spreadsheet you know um is it just document creation like a mail merge yeah
2: what,
0: what is my sort of organizing principle and um there isn't um software I mean, it's a little bit like they say there's only like seven or eight i can't remember plots there's very few plots in the world <laughs> right software is kind of the same. I think there's very few original organizing principles and you're better off finding an established one that works well for your particular application than trying to build one from scratch. One reason why interfaces stink is because they don't know what they are. You know, so it's like we saw the evolution of, of iTunes which became this kind of like monster. It's got all this crap in it. Um, and it was just over time they kept throwing stuff in there, and they tried to follow um, a standard, um, you know, set of, of uh, patterns. But eventually, we—I'll just speak for myself. I got lost. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> can, we just, can we just do search? You know, <laughs> 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 yes. And so um, I think that that happens to a lot of applications. Is they don't they don't know what they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mhm. And so that's that's how you helpful do software too. again? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love software. I love software teams. Mm-hmm. Um they're my favorite teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because they have to collaborate in this way. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I I just lo- that's my favorite thing is to facilitate that sort mm-hmm. of collaboration. It's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. design has a super important point of view. The business mm-hmm. has a super important point of view. Engineering mm-hmm. has a critical point of view. Yeah. Data, like they all, nobody can have too much control. We all have to put it out on the table and sort it out. Yeah. And doing that mm-hmm. well is where like, that's mm-hmm. where excellence comes from. And so, yeah, I love software teams and I never, I always want to be around software people. And mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. why I have to figure out something cool to do.
0: <laughs> so, so there you go. So um, what do you want your daughters to know about leadership?
1: Mm. yeah i think that where what i'm working with lila on right now is that it's like it's not about you you know you Mm -hmm. have to let you have Mm -hmm. to let other people speak in if they're gonna Mm
2: -hmm.
1: participate with you like Mm -hmm. um she on vacation she um she had this idea to make a like a short film (laughs) so love it Of course, Adam and I get roped into, I'm mostly Adam, but gets roped Mm -hmm. into making this short Mm -hmm. film. And, you know, we, we talked about the nuances of like, you had, we made her do like a little story arc Mm -hmm. and, um, we, but we said, okay, the person can develop their character however they want, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have to give Mm -hmm. them autonomy to do Mm -hmm. their part. Otherwise they're not gonna be interested in just Mm -hmm. participating with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's one thing I think just like, I think kids are egocentric all of them are, you know, and so I don't expect this to be, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So Mm -hmm. I expect, you know, she'll probably be 30 before she gets that part. Um, But yeah, I want them to at least think of that, think that they, that it's possible for them to be leaders. And I love that Mm -hmm. you identified an individual contributor as a leader. I don't think Mm -hmm. leader means that you have to have the authority.
0: No, definitely not. There's plenty of people who have formal authority who are absolutely not leaders and aren't right. recognized as leaders. They just occupy a seat, right? Uh, and then there's plenty of people who have no one reporting to them that have tremendous influence on what other people think and do, right?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, so when you um, um, when you when you think about your daughters, do you have any sense of like things are getting better? Like it's like okay, when I was her age. I wouldn't have been able to, or do you look at it? It's like they're doing the same crap to her that they did to me.
1: A little bit of both, you know. We Mm -hmm. we had an incident on the playground the other day where, um, some little boy and my kid is seven,
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) so mm
1: -hmm. like a little kid, a boy smacked her on the butt and then went back over to his friends and was laughing and was like, I did it, ha ha ha. Like that happened on the playground at seven, so in some ways, I'm like. Okay, th- that's not okay. <laughs> no. But at the same time, I think the environment's much different now. Like, so I mm-hmm. felt like
2: mm-hmm.
1: more comfortable that telling a teacher or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that wouldn't result in retaliation. Mm-hmm. So I do think things are getting better. Um, and I just I do think I think this generation of young people I'm so I feel like I feel old saying I'm no, 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 <laughs> in my 40s but this mm, generation of young people just it's so great to see mm, what they're doing. Mm, they right. are they're calling BS on stuff and they're yeah. trying to make the changes that I think will help us, you know, will help more people be able to put their virtues into the world. And that's really what I'm after and I think yeah. that, that the world and the economy and even if you go through like we were talking about how we've all internalized mm-hmm. capitalism and right yeah but but I mean economic growth will happen if if women and black people and trans people and all those mm-hmm. people can contribute mm-hmm. if they are yes. able to put their virtues into the world and make wonderful things happen then we all benefit from that and so mm-hmm. I think the world that the young people have in mind right now I'm in. <laughs>
2: I'm in for that.
1: I think, I think we're going to need, it's going to take all of us because
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of the people that have the authority now are going to block it because it's scary and different. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but I think, I think they need our help to, um, traverse how difficult it's going to be to actually implement some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's right. You know, and if we think about this, young people have always been right. You know, in each of our generations, the young people will call it out, and they're not wrong. Right. It's just really hard to change the system. It's really hard to change the direction of a battleship. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. It's, it, momentum's the strongest force in the world, and uh, it is very hard to deflect it. I have um, so I, my daughter's uh, twenty. How old is Mary? Twenty six, and. Um, I never saw that, which you just described with your daughter. It could be that I just wasn't looking. Um, not that it wasn't present. Um, I'm sure it was present. I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I, but I imagine that that's a very painful thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, to, But to your, your, the way you, you sort of process that pain, I really like of saying, well, the young, the young people are right. That that's the direction of progress. If I look behind me, To get inspiration um, and listen, I can figure out, well, what are they, you know, they're going to be wrong on the details. They're going to be wrong on execution. They don't Mm -hmm. know how to do that stuff. But they're probably going to have a really good vision. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so how do we, you know, get inspiration from that vision? Um, That's very, very cool. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think it's getting better. I, I like to think that anyway. And I do think mm-hmm. like the arc of it gets long. We might not see mm-hmm. it in our lifetime, but
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think
1: it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the data shows it is, you know, fewer mm-hmm. people are hungry, fewer people.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's the, I think it's Steven Pinker. Um, I love that.
1: Yes. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. thinking of. What is it? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I can't remember his name, but basically he's like actually. It is actually... Steven
1: Pinker, but I can't remember yeah. the book.
0: Yeah, me neither, but basically it's like things are actually a whole lot better now than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, I definitely I mean I want to believe that. Um now I, I do think that um individually we all it's our journey is still very similar to as it was, you know, 4000 years ago. Um it's why I love Aristotle and and those guys uh is to have something come across time and go, wow, you know, <laughs> this is exactly what I was, you know, I, I love this. This is very inspiring. And um, so I, I do think that uh, we just don't necessarily take that responsibility for thinking about, well, what kind of a leader do I want to be? I have to lead my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have no choice if I'm going to be happy than to take leadership of my own life. And if that's the only life, uh, only person I ever lead is myself then um, that's still a really important responsibility. Yes. When do you think you you kind of realized that? Is that something you knew from a young age, or is that something you grew into?
1: Mm. Well, I think I had to take responsibility for myself at a younger age than most Mm -hmm. people do. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this, but I have addiction Mm -hmm. in my family, my parents, Mm -hmm. my my Mm -hmm. mother. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I had to kind of, you know, at some point it was pretty clear that, I had to, you know, mm-hmm. that she was kind of unable to to take care of me in certain ways. And so mm-hmm. I sort of mm-hmm. realized that and took it on. And luckily, I handled that really well. Like, looking back, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I could have gone a number of directions, but I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me solve this problem. And I was very logical, and I, like, mm-hmm. figured it out. I got a job and and figured all that out. Um, so I think, and I, and I think that's still... Very much the way now that I'm in a family unit of my own, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. making decisions mm-hmm. with my partner, mm-hmm. we, I still am very like, okay, I'm responsible for myself. I, I have a hard time depending on other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've just
0: realized. It's mm-hmm. interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, because
0: it's it's very counter to your method to your your style of leadership.
1: Well, I have a hard time depending on other people for the survival elements, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Cause I want to have that. And maybe that's, maybe that's, that's an insight that I'm coming to re you know, more, more recently. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, I think, I think, yeah, you have to lead your own life and even in a partnership or in a family, if it's not working for you, you have to be honest about that too. And I think some people have, you know, I'm lucky to have like one of the gifts of my life is like a solid marriage. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like fun, one right? of, like, <laughs> I'm so grateful for it because <laughs> so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I don't take it for granted. I don't think mm-hmm. it's like a, because mm-hmm. I'm did anything. I think it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's just, I'm just feel grateful for it. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think people do have to take responsibility for themselves, but there's also like you, like we've been talking about, mm-hmm. you can't do anything fully by yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, that, that story is so central to um, what prepared you for business. What's prepared you, what, one of the things that prepared you to be a business leader is that personal story. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not, um, I'll speak for myself, like, uh, I spent the first 30 years of my career not telling anybody that I was in recovery, and um, I think it was the right decision for a lot of my career. I don't think it's the right decision anymore. <laughs> um, because that it's it sort of it is it's foundational to how I view the world, um, and it's, you know that's really the book is about taking principles of recovery and applying them to business, yeah. and so it's it's foundational. So you, that story you tell of well I, I kind of had to run the house, you know nobody else was going to be able to run it, and so I needed to run the house. I took that I stepped into that leadership vacuum. Mm-hmm. and uh, your, your center source story is similar in that mm-hmm. you saw an opportunity there. It's very It was different in that there was an opportunity to make things awesome, and you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go for that. So anyway, um, I hope that you know, if you choose, you've shared the story here, but <laughs> if you choose to share that story with others, that <clears throat> it is received in the appropriate spirit yeah it's
1: hard um i mean i'm pretty comfortable with it because i do Mm -hmm. think it's like pretty and i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people have i wish that it didn't get named for me until like i Mm -hmm. was in college and Mm -hmm. i was like this is totally what it you know yeah i just Mm -hmm. thought it was normal and um Mm -hmm. so i think for me i'm really comfortable with it and Mm -hmm. talking about it and my mom's in recovery now and so Mm -hmm. she's comfortable with it and so Mm -hmm. um i think it's I think it's important because mm-hmm. everybody has something and a lot of oh, people yeah. struggle with addiction, especially now. Mm-hmm. I think that last year was the highest overdose deaths,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in a long time. I mean, it's present and I think um, and so I think people knowing that um that that's a that's a thing and that and that there are there are paths through it. Yes. For sure, you know, like yeah. you have one and mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the twelve step. That's, I mean, for
2: mm-hmm.
0: you
1: know, I think I think that's really cool that your book is structured that way.
0: Thank you. Um, well, and this has really been fun. I appreciate you you um, coming. I have one final question before we wrap okay. up. If you could give advice to your twenty four year old self, you could go back in time, see your twenty four year old self, and give that person <laughs> advice. What would you say?
1: Oh my gosh. That is a really good question. Man, there's so many things. There's so many things that I but, that I, but I can't even think of one right now. You've stumped me with that one. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I, I'm, maybe I'm still learning this now. When I was 24, I worked at this job and I cared so much about it. And I was just like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: giving him all my youthful energy because I was an idiot because I was 22 Mm -hmm. and 24. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. giving him anything Mm -hmm. other than energy, but I gave him Mm -hmm. a lot of that. And, you know, when I left that job, I remember just them being like, it was like so non unceremonious. It was just like, Mm -hmm. bye. And I'm
2: Mm
1: -hmm. like, I gave you seven years of my life. And I slept on the couch and I like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, And I think, and I think I'm still learning that, you know, just don't, it's okay. Like, don't, don't, you don't have to kill yourself for this. It's going to be fine. Time, what other people are going to do, what the universe is going to do. That's all going to factor in. You're one person. You have 24 hours a day. Do what you can do the best you can. Don't give it more, you know?
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's great to talk to you.
0: The Fortune's Path podcast is a production of Fortune's Path. We work with technology companies to build healthy product cultures that power monopoly profits. You can catch old episodes of the Fortune's Path podcast and learn more about us at fortunespath.com. Special thanks to Ann Howard for being our guest. Using an editing of the Fortune's Path podcast are by my son, Ted Noser. I'm Tom Noser. Thanks for listening, and I hope we meet along Fortune's Path.